Hello again and welcome to another Twin Tentacles podcast. My name's Tim Wright. It's great to have you with us. A few months ago, we spoke to Derek O'Sullivan of Thermotense about their forthcoming Kickstarter campaign for €50,000. If you recall, Thermotent have a special layer in them that modulates the sound and temperature within the tent. Derek said he'd come back and tell us about how the campaign went, and I'm pleased to say that we've caught up with him, and he's good to his word, and he'll give us a good reflection on how that campaign panned out for them. It was a success, and I'm also pleased to be able to tell you that they're now planning to launch an equity-based crowdfunding campaign, and Derek can tell us all about that as well. This is what he had to say. Well, morning, Derek. Uh, good to speak to you again. Thanks for coming back and, and uh, uh, re-engaging with the debate around your crowdfunding campaign. How are things in Tralee this morning? All is very well. Thank you very much, Tim. The, as, I, this, this, as I said here, the sun is shining, so we can't complain. That's very good, very good. And uh, uh, even if you were sitting in a tent, a thermo tent in particular, the temperature would be perfectly modulated come rain or shine. Absolutely. Either way, we, we, we have it covered, Tim. Absolutely. Fantastic. Now, listen, Derek, I appreciate you coming back. We, uh, we obviously spoke uh, right at the uh, immediately before your Kickstarter campaign launched. Uh, I'm really pleased to be able to report to those that don't know you were successful. You made 50,891 euro, I seem to think, from 175 backers in 30 days on Kickstarter. What was that like? Um, it was good, Tim. It was it was a little bit over thirty days. It was about thirty eight days. Oh, but, okay. um It was it was um, an eye opening experience, I guess. Um, what you work. expected? What was what was the most unexpected bit? Um, the amount of one on one work and interaction that you had to you had to carry out. You know, yeah. the the amount the emails, the inquiries, all that kind of stuff that started coming in. Um, <clears throat> a lot of that, the, the, you know, the, that became almost a full-time job. Well, not almost. It became very much a full-time job with overtime. Yeah. So it was, it was um, pretty much full on, and, and it's pretty much, um, you know, you don't get a whole lot else done during that time. It's very, very difficult to to kind of sidetrack yourself. So you just have to have to commit to it fully for that number of weeks. And a lot of that, as you say, would have been uh, email exchanges, so stuff that's not necessarily obvious publicly, but uh, all has to be done and all has to be maintained. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, we got um, we got inquiries from all over the world, really, from you know Australia, New Zealand, South Africa, Israel, the US, Canada, you know, all over the place, the UK as well as Europe, obviously. But um, so it, there really was a, a real cross section of people. Um, I suppose we had the we had a slight disadvantage in that our main core product is is, is expensive by yeah. by um, it's expensive by Kickstarter standards. So yeah. you're trying to sell expensive products to people that haven't seen them or felt them or touched them or heard of them. Um, so that becomes a, a challenge, obviously. And we did that. We, we tried to do that a lot by visually, you know, by doing a lot of video work, a lot of yeah. video updates. Um, Photographs, that kind of stuff, you know. So we've, we've, um, but we, we, we learned as we went. I think, you know. What, what, what would you say was your biggest learning from it? What would, um, what would you suggest to somebody that was going to run a campaign as a, a kind of top tip for them? I would say don't spend money on the people that tell you that they, they have it cracked. Yeah, you know? good. 
I would say very much. I mean, the amount of people that can. We got caught a little bit um, with one or two, but then we kind of learned our lesson. But um, the amount of, of people that just obviously just follow the crowdfunding campaigns and contact them and say, we can do this and we can yeah. do that and we can do the other. You know, there is no magic solution. So don't don't think that any of these are going, you're going to get these on board today and tomorrow you'll have your gold. You know, that it doesn't work like that. So I have um, to say, I'm very pleased to hear that from you, Derek, because we bang that gong all the time. Uh, it, it really is about you, isn't it? It's about you owning and running the campaign. Absolutely, 100%. Yeah. So, I mean, you have people saying that they have the ear of the press and they have the ear of, you know, they, they'll do press press releases and you'll be in every major paper across the world and tomorrow morning. And, the, you know, it, it doesn't work like that. No. We got some good media um, coverage. The, the most notable, I guess, was we, we got we had an article in the Daily Mail online. Okay. Um, which ended up being shared, I think, 33 or 34,000 times. But the, yeah, but that didn't come off the back of anybody except them picking up in our campaign themselves. So yeah. it wasn't a case of, and we got, we had others, Gear Junkie and a few of those guys, but the, the, again, it all came from them seeing, coming to us, not, not a case of sending out a magic press release or anything like that, you know? Yeah. What do you think was your most uh, effective channels? I guess you were using social media and email and and a whole lot of stuff. You're probably phoning people and getting in front of people as well. What what do you think proved really effective for you? Probably email, I would think, is is the most effective. Um, I think your problem with, and we spent money on Facebook ads, that was another, it was a little bit of a waste as well because it ended up being shared a lot and liked a lot and all that. And we, you know, we we, we went to like 5,000 likes on Facebook over close to it. Yeah. Um, But very few conversions. Now, again, that may be because of our price point, you know, if if it was a, a cheaper product, it may have turned into more conversions. Yeah. But um, where we were, it, it, it didn't really work. Whereas email was one-on-one. You, we were building the database. We ended up with a database of probably over 2,000 emails, relevant emails. Yeah. And, and you know, you can be imaginative, imaginative about that. You can you can put those databases together pretty quickly. So um, I think that's the first one, and that should be really started well in advance of, of kicking off any campaign, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I mean, you had uh, ten different rewards, I think, in the campaign. They ranged in in price from, I think it was five euros was the sort of entry point up to uh, four thousand nine hundred and fifty. I'm looking at my notes here, and uh, the majority of of rewards that were procured, I think, were less than five hundred euros. Um, and and I'm guessing that a lot of those people uh, that that uh, bought even a five euro. Uh, you know, the, 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 the funds that that generates may not be huge, but their role as ambassadors and telling their crowd that they've, they've bought a reward and doing that outreach on your behalf must be quite important. Very, yeah. I mean, that's why we put those rewards in. It wasn't for the monetary gain, uh, you know, by any manner of means. But you need people to share the, spread the word, and share it, share the project, and that. And that's that's why that was put in there, and and let them become part of the part of the campaign. Um, yeah. A lot there's a there's a big crowdfunding or a big Kickstarter community out there that want to be able to back. Yeah. Um, be albeit one euro or five euro or whatever the case may be. So you just want to give an opportunity for those people to be part of the campaign and to spread the word. Yeah. And that's why. And you mentioned there. Yeah, we did put in um, ten rewards. It probably, in hindsight, was probably too many. Okay. Um, I would. I would probably reduce that to down like something like five or six. 
um, and get to the because some of the feedback we got was that you know you had three or four or five lower entry rewards before you got to the tenth. Yeah, and um, that was probably a little bit off-putting for people that weren't overly familiar with crowdfunding or, or yeah. Kickstarter. You know, they start going down here and they're saying, "We're looking for a tent." Yeah, what's the story? You know, I can't see it. Um, yeah, and then they end up going down through all of the the other ones to get to it. So that's the other challenge we have. I think this side of the water is not not a lot of people are familiar with with yeah. Kickstarter um, with crowdfunding. Yeah, so we had to spend a lot of our time at the start trying to explain to people via. Um, social media, exactly what crowdfunding is, exactly what the Kickstarter platform was. So yeah. don't underestimate that either. I'd be getting that out there fast. Absolutely. As to how it works, you know. Yeah. Great stuff. Um, uh, I, I, were there things that you've, you felt you gained over and above the money? So, you know, that we often talk about the, the, the fact that you get proofing, you get validation and all this kind of stuff. But did people offer anything over and above the money or did you gain insight that was of value to you from running the campaign? Um, very much. Um, I guess on the back of it, we had been we had been um, it becomes a tool, really. You know, um, yeah. we we were trying to get in the door of some retailers, one big one, particularly in the US and you know, we weren't getting any um, any traction with them, and yeah. all of it. I just sent them another email update saying, "Look, here is our Kickstarter campaign and some of the media coverage we've gotten because of it." And and um, all of a sudden, they came back to us looking for samples to be sent over and and, yeah. and that kind of thing. You know, so yeah. it it really is a marketing tool. It's a validation tool. It's a marketing tool. It's so much more than the than the you know the pre-orders you get in. Really, yeah. it's it's it's. That's the big value in it, you know. Um, so I think that can't be underestimated. And you've moved, you have now got a, um, a sort of e-commerce shop now, haven't you? So people can can sort of, off the back of the, the campaign and getting familiar with selling online, you've now segued straight into that. Absolutely, yeah. It's up and running on thermotense.com. Um, and we've made some sales on that already um, on, the, on the, I suppose, the, the wave of the Kickstarter and post Kickstarter, we've 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 made some sales directly through the website too. So and we're going to be selling on Amazon, and we're in the process of setting that up at the moment too. So um, a lot of it is about selling direct to the customer this year, and um, we're doing some deals as regards next from from January, being in um, some of the big retailers, the one I was telling you about in the US, and one yeah. particularly in the UK as well. Um, we're very close to deals on those, um, a well-known name in the UK. So. Um, yeah, so that's the that's kind of the the bigger picture. This year will be will all be about selling direct. Um, but yeah, it's it's it's. I, I think it's important to keep it going. That's the other thing. Um, yeah. We found that after Kickstarter, yeah, we were getting sales, we were getting inquiries still. But then because we hadn't been as active on on social media and and the likes, you know, the the inquiry level dropped until we started be, becoming active again. So yeah. I think it's very important that you you build on the momentum. And yeah. don't just don't just sit back and, and say, oh, it's time to relax now for a few months, you know. It's a great asset that you've built that you you need to, you know, you've invested all that time and effort. You really need to make sure that you you make the most of it, yeah. Yeah, and strike while the iron is hot, you know. Yeah. I, I wouldn't even let it, you know. Don't don't think you're going to be taking a week or two because it is quite draining while it's going on. Yeah. Um, and I was traveling for work when when the campaign ended, so, but you just need to really keep on going and keep driving and, and use it while it's hot, you know, because yeah. every month that passes, it, 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 it's going to become a little bit more harder to use as a tool. Yeah. 
Now, we would normally ask, I would normally ask somebody at this stage, would you do it again? But I happen to know, and it's not a secret because you've posted it publicly, that you are, are looking to move on now to another form of crowdfunding and doing some equity based work. Is that something that you always intended to do or is it something that um, uh, the, the campaign on Kickstarter made you think that this was possible or, or what's what's the sort of uh, the narrative behind that? Um, it was always in the back of the mind, I guess, yep. um, that, you know, you put a lot of effort into building a community um, and building your, your social media presence and, and building your network and your contacts. Yeah. So I think it's a natural, and th there have been several examples of, of um, Kickstarters or Indiegogo proje projects that went to, to equity crowdfunding afterwards and, and had been successful. So I suppose it was always the Kickstarter was the first step to, to get the validation yeah. um, and to get the pre-orders and that kind of stuff. And then, you know, if that worked out, to, to look to the back to the crowd for the equity crowdfunding. So that's... That, I, I would say that I wasn't committed to doing it afterwards, but um, after we were successful in Kickstarter, I think we needed to. We knew we we know that we need to scale um, more quickly than we could organically. Yeah. So we're we need to bring investment into the business, and we felt that this is the best way of going about it. And the, um, the, engaging the, the crowd again. Yeah, and the Kickstarter experience, the success must have built a bit of confidence to think, well, maybe this is the way to go. Yeah, of course, and you build, you know, not alone, yeah, not alone the experience, but you build the know-how as well, you know. Yeah. Um, so you can kind of cut to the chase, and you can you can hopefully surmount some of the problems we came about and and, and see them in advance, you know. So it's, I think it was it was a natural progression for us, and the, and the type of product we have as well, it was a kind of a natural progression for us, um, in that it's a visual consumer product you know that people can you know that, that the crowd if you want to call it that can can relate to you know yeah. so um it might be a little bit easier to do with with something that we have than excellent. maybe a piece of software or something like that you know yeah excellent uh, that's really great now i i also know again this is not a secret because you you've you've told the world that that your platform of choice at the moment is going to be cedars the, the uk-based uh, equity platform mm -hmm. um is there a particular reason why you wanted to go with Cedars? And I'm, I'm actually curious, given that you're an Irish registered, well, I'm assuming you're an Irish registered company, uh, what are the options for you to go down an equity crowdfunding path? Um, well, once we're EU based, it doesn't matter when you're using a platform like Cedars. Um, it's, it's the problem occurs then is if, if you're in the US, but we, we can we can attract EU um investment as of now so that's anywhere across the eu so that, that that's not a major problem whether you're in the uk or ireland um uh -huh. cedars is one we pick cedars for a couple of reasons number one i liked the way that they kind of um it's not because and it's it's, it's a notable time for cedars actually because they've just brought andy murray on board as, so, as an yes, ambassador <laughs> yeah but um not sure what he knows about investment but hey yeah well i mean he maybe he knows more <laughs> more than he lets on <laughs> Um, it's it's more than me probably. That wasn't the reason, but it, it it um look it was it was it was one of these things that you had to pick one, and I, yeah. I'm not saying that there's a one perfect answer, but for us, plus I also like their nominee structure. So yes. you're dealing with you're dealing with seeders instead of potentially dealing with 200 um, investors, you know, individually yeah. and. 
trying to just even thinking of the logistics of trying to get 200 signatures if you needed them for something um yeah. you know we just couldn't go down the, that road so that yeah. that was the big thing was the nominee and plus we could have gone with equity net or a few of those american-based um platforms but they really are just i would call them a fancy social media or a fancy connection yeah um, you know, almost like a dating agency that yeah, they just put you in contact with the investors and, you know, all the admin and all the, the work and the agreements is done af are are done after that. So whereas Cedars will look at with the, the the charge a percentage and then they look after all the admin themselves. So yeah. that was a real attraction. And the way that they you know they they're certainly selling themselves as being a very professional outfit. They didn't rush to market, you know, they got themselves right, they got the whole thing right. Um and I think um I think that they fitted. They were the best fit for us. Good. I would. I would go back and argue though that if you have the right campaign, the platform really is kind of a not overly. Uh, you know, they'll all claim that they have twenty, thirty, forty, fifty, a hundred thousand investors in their database, and they'll send it out and all that kind of stuff. And that may be true to an extent, but I think from the the general crowd, um, the, I don't think the platform is overly critical. Really, I think it's more for yourself afterwards and how you want it to work. Yeah. Um, is is probably what to consider there. Yeah, all good advice, Eric. I'm going to say the same thing as I said last time. Do you think we could come back and speak to you when you've done this round and 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 you can tell us more about your experience? Absolutely, no problem, Tim. Brilliant. Now you're okay. you're due to go live in July. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. We 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 have to confirm the date because there's a bit of um, we have to send send in the the campaign and then yeah. there's, there's some due diligence and stuff like that that, that yeah. happens beforehand so it'll depend on on how the actual we, we just shot our promotional video yesterday oh great so yeah so that that was um we said we'd take advantage of the sunshine while while it was here <laughs> so we spent the day doing that yesterday and um we're just putting the the editing and the the, the behind the scenes stuff is going is taking place on that at the moment so we should be ready to submit it negative the actual campaign next week and um, then it's down to how long the 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 other work takes really yeah. but sometime early july i would be saying brilliant well look there i i wish you every success with it we'll keep a, a close eye on it um and we hope that it'll all all come to fruition successfully for you i'm sure it will and uh, we'll follow up with you again when uh, when it's all done and dusted but in the meantime if people want to know more about thermotent and uh, the offer and what's uh, particular about the the tents that you make where do they go to the website uh, it's thermotents that's plural thermotents.com or find the thermotents on facebook are on Cedars, and if you like yourself, Tim, if you want a great investment opportunity, keep an <laughs> eye out for us. <laughs> Fantastic, top tips. You heard it here first. All right, Derek, good to speak to you, mate. Uh, go back and enjoy some more of that sun, and uh, we'll catch up with you in the months to come. And I really appreciate you speaking to us again. No problem, Tim. It's a pleasure. Thank you. Well, thanks very much, Derek. Appreciate him taking the time out of a busy schedule to speak to us. It's always busy when you're running up to a crowdfunding campaign. That's about it for this time. Thanks for listening. If you want to learn how Twin Tangibles can help you and thrive in the crowd economy, go to www.twintangibles.co.uk. This has been a Twin Tangibles production. My name is Tim Wright, and this music... It's Beach Bum by Kevin MacLeod from Incomptech.com. It's licensed under Creative Commons. Thanks for listening. 
look forward to speaking to you next time. Until then, cheers. <laughs>